Ramble. Welcome to Curious with Josh Peck. Start the show. Welcome back to the Curious Podcast. My name is Josh Peck, and I'm your host, and your name is a listener, and that's what you do. You listen, so thank you. Yesterday was President's Day. Gotta love a bank holiday. Woo! Come on! Everything's closed. What's better than that? Shit. School is out. Three-day weekend? Fuck. I mean... I've never like worked a, a proper 40-hour-a-week job or like a 9-to-5. I mean, you know, I've worked on things where I've actually had to sort of dedicate more hours, but I've never had that sort of like, you know, hanging out around the water cooler, getting getting lunch with Phil at the local Panera Bread from 1 to 145 because we, we got to get back before Steve sees us away from our cubicle. I've never had sort of that like working stiff type uh job which is totally honorable and I probably would not even be you know qualified enough to keep but but nevertheless I would imagine that if you had that kind of job a 3 day week in can I talk am I able to articulate words or is, am I like truly struggling today let's just see let's give it another shot i imagine that a 3 day weekend would be the fucking shining beacon of your month you know I mean, whew, you are just, because you know that weekend starts Thursday night, right? Because you're floating through Friday. You're just like, Thursday night, you're like, here we go, baby. Here we go. Friday, yeah, I'm going to, um, maybe I'll do like two tasks, maybe a task and a half. I'm not getting a lot done. Let's be honest. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to excuse myself around 945 for a bathroom break. And I'm going to sit on the toilet and look at my phone for 14 to 27 minutes. That's just how they can't. What are they? What are they going to say? You're wasting time in there. They don't know my body. They don't know my body. So then, boom, 1015, ride that out till around noonish, do a little texting look busy when, you know, our boss Steve comes by, but I'm going to find my way right around that. Check, check the old Facebook. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And then get a little lunch, maybe Panera Bread. I don't know. Maybe there's like a local Outback Steakhouse. Probably hit up a corner bakery, perhaps. I don't know. I don't want to be crazy. You know, maybe I'll just get like a soup and a half sandwich. And then the rest, then I'm going to, I mean, everyone, people are going to leave early. You know, it's a three-day weekend. People are going to be out of here by two. Maybe I'll ride out till around 3.30-ish. Gone. And I'm just going to just gonna soak up that three days. Woof. Come on, baby. Yeah, man. Three-day weekend. It means a lot to a lot of people. It means a lot to me. And I'm not a lot of people. I'm specific. I'm special. I'm your host. Man. What else? President's Day. That's the reason for the three-day weekend. A lot of polarization in our country right now. I don't want to get political. Why? Because I'm not fucking smart. And I say that with this caveat. I'm reasonably intelligent. I'm intelligent enough. I can get by. I would do okay on Jeopardy. But I don't embolden myself to feel as though I can just like hawk my sort of political beliefs and fucking diatribes to you, the listener. I'm not quite sure that's what you fucking signed up for. 
And God knows there are plenty of people in my position who use this as a big old soapbox. I don't mean podcasters. I mean like actors and just people with too many followers. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, dude, I like you in action movies. I'm, I don't necessarily want to hear your feelings about universal health care or universal basic income. Can't you just fight those bad guys and do cool kung fu moves while you save that poor um, daughter of the ambassador in the movie? Please? I Please? I mean, so I try not to get overly political. I mean, you know, listen, I have my beliefs. I have my thoughts. And I don't think like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you guys have surmised, and you know, my leanings. I don't think anyone's listening to the Curious Podcast being like, that fucking Josh Peck, God, super right wing. Man, alt-right, conservative. Sheesh. No, that is, that is very much not me. But, you know, I think about this and we're sort of in the midst. We're in a state of emergency, which is this is the most relaxed state of emergency ever in the history of the world which is ridiculous. You know, I just, I don't know. I talk to a lot of good people that don't necessarily believe the things that I do politically, and I wonder how we'll ever find compromise. Because it seems as though we all just want to yell at each other and watch the middle burn. That, you know, uh, me and my fellow lefties are in our coastal cities screaming at the middle going, how can you live with yourselves? And then those people in the middle are like, we build the cities you live in, you fuck. We live just fine. And then they scream back at us, and nobody wants to compromise, and nobody wants to see each other's side. And so inevitably, we just sort of, it's just this standoff. And I'm not sure what the solution is. Because I imagine deep down, for the majority of us, like there are some tenets of, of the, the human experience that we all subscribe to. Like we want to have families, we want to have like a certain level of comfort, we want to have financial security, you know, I mean, these are like basic needs that I think we all want fulfilled. I, I just think we all want to get there in very different ways. Um... And that makes it incredibly hard, but I, I'm not quite sure if we don't try to at least see each other's side. I, I, I don't know. Is this the fight of, of our lives? Is this just every four years, you know, one side will win and then we'll spend those next four years uh, completely ripping the winner to shreds and screaming why the other side is, has, has made a, a massive mistake and, and how they're, they're just... Um, completely ignorant to the realities of the world and how we have to take over. I mean, are we just in like these four year bursts of, of takeovers and it's just each side wins for a short period, but inevitably the, the consistent sort of through line through everything that that's everlasting is we fucking hate each other. Cause I know I have family. There are people in my life that I love who I know don't believe what I believe and vote in a way that I wouldn't vote. And yet, I don't, I'm pretty sure they're great. I would just love to understand the way they think. And I wish they would love to understand the way I think. 
And I don't see that happening. I'll talk more about this, but did, did this get boring? Are you like, way to go, Josh. Like, if I wanted this, I could like go to any other podcast. What do you, what do you think your pod save America? You're not interesting. Keep it to the ha-has, Josh Peck. All right, my bad. Fuck. Anyway. It's going to be a short one today. Guys, on today's show, Ben Baller. Ben Baller. Heard of him? The, I mean, the man has had an incredible career. Um, starting out, an L.A. native. Was head of A&R for, for Aftermath Records. Worked with, with, with Dr. Dre and uh, some of the greats in the music biz. And then sort of transitioned to the jewelry business. Ben Baller did the chain. Heard of it? Only in like every hip hop song for the last couple years um, has made an incredible business being sort of like um, not only a jeweler to the stars, but just making some incredible pieces. We talk all about that. And now just, you know, for the next chapter of his life, he's entered the weed business, killing it. So um, he's just a fascinating dude. He's worked with some of the most uh, incredible people, most interesting people, and I had a really good time talking to him. So enjoy Ben Baller. You got in beef with the Drake of Drake and Josh, and this is my favorite way to start the podcast ever. <laughs> so yeah, man, you know, like I don't know what happened, but I don't know. You know what? The funny thing is, I didn't, I didn't never. I only because I because of my son, I knew the show, whatever, and like, you know, anything on Disney. And now there's like what Disney XD or Disney Junior and Disney. There's like 15 different Disney things. I'm like, yo, man, I'm actually old enough to wear. Disney was started when I was kind of like almost old, too old of a kid. You know what I mean? Of like at that point growing up, say by the bell was there and it was like the first time. And that's kind of sad for me. You know what I mean? Like people are like, Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I was like, bro, I was already like a kind of grown ass kid. So like, I was like, I missed on all this. So like, I don't know too much about Disney stuff. And like, as I'm watching like videos of Barney and things like that for my son, I see like Selena Gomez in it, in an episode. And I'm like, what the hell? So speaking of Selena and going back, I guess, I don't know if how it ties in, but Justin, is you know that's like my that's my homie you know Bieber and and um um that's like a, not a name drop at all he you know he's just like he's always been good to me he's a client of mine he's a cool dude I've always been cool with everyone I've known Scooter since he was promoting nightclubs in Atlanta you know in Miami way before he was even a manager isn't it hard because like I know like Bieber's your like you've got like a cool network of people and yet yeah. you always have to qualify right like we're actually friends yeah. you know like with people it's like a that. weird thing yeah because you don't want to be is. the name dropper but like you can't help it i mean but you know if it, it's like when people think like you know people are like oh you know um you know all you do is post like expensive shit and diamonds and jewelry and i'm like i'm a jeweler you fucking idiot like what the fuck <laughs> right. do i mean what, you know what i'm saying like i'm really if you go back and like like i remember when Instagram first started out and like, it'd be cool. You could post some fireworks and boom, and be like, oh man, I made the popular page or do something. And it's just like, then people are like, all right, now that's not good enough. You got to jump in the Rolls Royce with your Louis Vuitton bag and your fucking Supreme outfit and blah, blah. And I'm like, yo man, this is, you know, I, I try to post my kids and then work, you know, and I'm a right. big car guy. I've been a car guy. So it's like, that's weird too. But yeah, when it comes to like your friends, like, He's a friend, you know what I mean? I didn't have to, he didn't have to show up to my birthday party or certain like that, you know, things like that. He doesn't have to do things for my kids. And, you know, so Justin's a cool dude, you know? And like, I felt like, you know, he's a younger guy, obviously. I'm, this, I'm older than his dad by like a, a year or two, right? Or maybe, maybe more than that. And like, 
just dude Drake Bell was going at him on 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 I don't know if it was Twitter or so I forgot what it was at the time. And I was like, I was like, yo, dude, who the fuck is this kid, bro? You know, I was like, man, this kid looks like a little fucking he looks like a little geek. He's like a little weasel looking like 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 lizard dude. I'm like, you know what, man? And I never never really like went deep into find out who the kid was. Somehow, some way, I respond to him on Twitter, and Drake responds back, and then he comes at me, and all, and all this other shit. I'm in the middle of some teenage, like I don't even know how the fuck Drake, how old he is, but I get involved in some teeny bopper beef. Amazing. And I'm like, yo, dude. So now I gotta fuck this dude up, and whatever. And somehow, <laughs> some way, I was with Justin at the Grove. I remember I was there that night. You were there. Why were you there? Oh, because because Drake was there, right? Or he had. Uh, I think this is a night. He had an album release party up at like the second floor of the Grove, right. and they were going off on Twitter. Drake did. Right, 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 right. And all of a sudden, all I remember is Bieber shows up in a Sprinter van. Yeah, we came in a Sprinter, and it was like 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 six of us, whatever. It's just he had like this, I'm obviously not security or nothing. I just happened to be like, where the fuck are we at? Like, why are we at the Grove? You know? <laughs> right. I love the Grove, by the way. I'm, I'm like, I'm a big Caruso property fan. But Shout yeah, out to the, the Grove. We get to the thing and there's like all these people there and I was like, but anyways, I, I just, that's like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get too much more deep into it, but you know, I would have never thought about it until I Googled your name, right? And I'm like, wow, man, I, I can't believe, dude. I was like, Still in my late 30s there, you know what I mean? How fucking immature of me. Like, I'm, that's so fucking embarrassing, right? But I was like, that's my only, like, degree of separation that ties into you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, it just was random, you know, because I could have no relation to you at all whatsoever, but that's like one little small weird thing. And I'm like, nobody do anything stupid. I'm going to slap this dude. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? I was like, yo, I was like, listen, I'm the voice of reason here. I'm going to go over there. Because this dude came back at me and blah, blah, whatever. And he was talking shit. And um, if he's over 18 years old, then, then it's, it's all. It's, it's going to get you know, handled. It's, 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 I'm gonna, and I was like, wait a second. He has, I didn't know anything about the dude. Was he rap saying? I don't know. But um, that was my, yeah, that was my Drake. That's so story. funny. Because I, I remember that night specifically, and I remember the beef and whatnot, and it was like, you know, that's what Twitter was made for. Yeah, right? of course. And like, respect to Drake in the sense of like, well, if you're going to punch, punch up. You yeah. know what I mean? So he was going after Bieber, and I'm like, oh, God, dude. Because yeah. like, I'm so the anti of like any sort of like public discourse. And then I remember that night specifically, and seeing y'all show up, and then it was like, uh, like a whisper went over the party. Like, yo, is Bieber outside? What the fuck is Bieber? Yo, Bieber's in the Sprinter van? And then I remember, and I don't know if you know this guy or if he's a friend of yours, this like kind of chubby cat, he was like, he had like a reputation as being like a drug dealer, like a celebrity drug dealer, was outside Drake's party with fucking yeah. brass knuckles. Um, and I was like, cat, are you really, you're like, you're going to walk around the Grove with was, brass knuckles? You know, and I hope he doesn't listen to this and whatever. I forgot what his name was. Oh. His name is like Stony something. I forgot what his name is. Like, it's like a... He has like 420 in his user. I know you're talking about. He right. used to be around. He like he like sells or whatever. This is when we was like kind of recreational, not recreational. I'm sorry. It was kind of medicinal in California, but it was like, what the fuck is his name, dude? It's like stony some shit or. I just thought like it was funny that this guy. He took it to a different level. Was though. like trying to and pump then he up, actually, and I'm I think like, somehow, guys. <laughs> yeah, I think he actually went and talked to Drake too. They had a conversation. Yeah, they like squashed it somehow, or some way, whatever. I never really fuck with dude too tough. Right. I think he's. I still see him randomly trying. Like, you know what, dude, I, let's not even waste the energy on that dude. But that was really weird. And, um, um, yeah, man, you know, I'm, uh, we're, we're here, dude. That's what, what a way to start off the podcast, right? I, I love it. This is <laughs> ideal. I, you know, it's funny. I have a good, 
I, I have one great story about hanging out with Bieber randomly because that had gone down and he had, I thought Justin had this incredible tweet at the end of the whole melee of it all, right. which was, I'm really disappointed because Drake and Josh was one of my favorite shows. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yo, the, how beautifully done. Yeah. Because it was like honest and earnest, like, hey, this is a bummer because I really love you guys. So years later, my boy, one of my closest homies um, was a dancer on his tour. And so we had like, you know, some connection. And I'm randomly at Voda Spa in West Hollywood, the right. co-ed like Russian bathhouse. Right, right. And I see him there and I'm like, I'm like three o'clock on a Tuesday. Right. Like, what the fuck is Bieber doing at this spot in West Hollywood? And so my mom's like voice is in my ear going like, go say what's up. And I'm like, that's so not me. Right. I would never bother anyone, but I'm like, fuck it. So I walk up to him and I'm like, yo, like we don't know each other, but we have mutual friends. And like, I'm thinking like, I know you know me, maybe. <laughs> like, right. And obviously I know you. And he's like, yo, what's good, man? He's like, but we met before, right? And I'm like, nah. We never met before. Like, I would remember. But yeah. it's good to meet you. We wound up talking for like three hours, like drinking juice, just like chopping it up. Just, I, I couldn't believe how affable and cool and just approachable you he You catch was. him on the right time, dude. Right. And, he, you know, he, he, he uh, I, I've seen both. Oh, I'm sure. You and, know, you and this was the best part. There was this Russian girl there who was like. Drop Stunning. Dead. Oh, yeah, right. Drop dead, beautiful woman. Because, you know, it's a co-ed spa, and he sees her. And I said to him, I was like, yo, Beebs. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like my guy. Oh, bro, I, he doesn't care, dude. Trust me. He's, he's. I'm like, I'm an engaged man. Right. <laughs> I said, that's all you. Yeah. Go talk to that wonderful young, young person. So he goes and talks to this girl, and she's like, yo, I'm engaged, but my girlfriend's meeting me here, and she's even more banging than I am. Wow. So five minutes later, the girlfriend comes. She's even crazier wow. looking. Wow. And I remember Bieber comes up to me when it's all said and done. It's like, yo, I got a number. <laughs> and I was like, you don't say. Yeah. I was like, I would have assumed you had a pretty good shot, Jay. Yeah. But it was so, it was almost cute that he was like, he was stoked. Like nah, he was man, my he's, buddy. He, he, he's a trip, dude. You know, um, I've had some, I've had some, some like, I don't know. I guess, you know, legendary monumental experiences with him. You know, I introduced him to Floyd Mayweather and then that, and this all happened within like a six hour span to where, you know, when you have two huge superstars, it could be like, let's say for instance, like LeBron James and like, um, Kobe Drake. No, I'm Drake. talking about two different people and different, oh, different things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you may have never met each other. 100 million percent. You have at least three people that, you know, whether it be an attorney, the business manager, and then obviously a ton of celebrities in between you guys, whatever. So it's like, you know, his daughter was a huge fan of Bieber's and everything else. And, and with, you know, some middlemen involved, I bring, you know, Bieber to, to Vegas. We fly in his jet and, you know, he meets Floyd. And the next thing you know, he's walking out in the ring with Floyd. I remember you know that. And I brought him there, you know, for that thing. That was like one thing. Um, I brought Bieber to Korea for the first time and we won't get into that. But <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a, it was, it was a dope trip. But at the same time, like, you know, man. One thing that's awesome about someone like Bieber, or like, I, I forgot what it was. I think it was Britney Spears or somebody way back in the day, and she was talking about traveling. And this is when I had maybe been to like, you know, Cabo and been like, I think I've been to Europe and whatever, but I had a, even by like 2000, I don't know, remember, I think she was like, what, let's see, 2000 when Britney was in her, like, she was Britney as a motherfucker, right? Yeah. 
she was speaking about how much culture she sponged and soaked up um, from just traveling and being on world tours, right? And she got to see the world. And I was like, yo, I always say that all the time. Like, yo, man, you know, you got a thousand pairs of shoes, but you don't have never been a thousand miles from your house. You've never been out of your country. You've never been here. You, never had, you don't have a passport. And now I've been to 35 countries in my life, you know? And I think about that. And with that all said, you know, I'll still make a mistake here and there, but some people, I mean, America's a great place, but I feel like Americans in general, I know he's Canadian, but you don't understand the respect or the culture of certain places, right? And like, as stupid as it may seem, man, that's their culture. Whether I don't understand it or not, well, it's not their, it's my culture being Korean, right? But like, there are certain things that, that Justin didn't get, and like, one of them like smoking weed, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I smoke weed, I own a fucking cannabis company, you know, but like, you know, you smoke weed there and you got to do like three months in jail minimum. And Asian if you're, countries don't oh, yeah, fuck it's around. Crazy. So, Southeast Asian countries, you're like, it's they'll like, kill you. Yeah, they'll kill you. Right. And you're, no, I'm being dead serious. And you'll get stoned the whole night. Singapore, Indonesia. Single, I mean, Singapore, if you throw a piece of gum on the street, you get arrested, you know? So yeah, there's just certain things, you know what I mean? Not just that, just how like people get talked to and how, um, um, not being able to walk to like you like you talking about Voda Spa. Like in Korea, I can't I'm completely, you know, my whole chest, everything's covered in tattoos. I can't walk through a public bathhouse. No matter how much money I have, it doesn't matter, none of that shit. It's just respecting because that's a gangster thing. They get they they try not to gotcha. and I respect them. I'm like, all right, listen, man, you guys are still but yet now all the now people think that boy bands are like, you know, like in sync and Hanson and Jonas Brothers, whatever it may be, are like kinda like girly or soft or whatever. They're like fucking a team expendables compared to k-pop like k-pop's a whole different level of like these dudes are damn they're getting like plastic surgery and like wearing makeup for real and like super ultra soft like it's just (laughs) it's a different thing so like what they're doing is they're super soft but they're like wearing tattoos and shit and it's like a weird clash of cultures but anyways yeah that's that's my 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 bieber and uh and drake Drake Bell, right? Is it? Uh, yeah. Okay, I was going to say Drake that, and Bell, yeah. That was my... That was the my... beef of the century. Yeah. <laughs> square space. Square space square. Space. Do you want to turn your cool idea into a new website? I know I want to. How about... Do you want to maybe like showcase your work or blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, promote your physical or online business? Well, Squarespace can help you. How do they do it? Well, they do it by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers, powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online, the ability to customize look, feel, settings, products, and more with just a few clicks. Everything optimized for mobile right out of the box. A new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. And let me tell you, the analytics, you, you never see numbers like this. The statistics and whatnot, unreal. And they've got analytics that help you grow in real time. And if you ever run into a little bit of an issue, 24-7 award-winning customer support. Because we are encouraging folks to make it here at Squarespace. Make it yourself. Easily create a website by yourself. Come on. I'm telling you, Squarespace, it's about to give you wings. It's going to help you to fly. So head to squarespace.com slash curious for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code curious to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash curious. It seems like what you were saying 
slightly with Bieber, and, and it's been, and you've had experience with, you know, so many famous people, and, and I've had a few. It seems as though you have to honor this balance of knowing that when people are of a certain fame and power and level, that sometimes they're going to be great, and other times they're just not. And you have to kind of adjust and not take it personally. Is that, is that something you've observed with a lot of the huge people you've worked with that depends on the day that you get them? You know, okay, first off, in so many different interviews I've done in the last 10 or 15 years, I've never been asked that. And I think more so now, people are like, hey, why are you famous? And you know, for at least the entire time of my wife, I've been like, I'm not famous, you know, that's a stupid thing. Even though I had a TV show for a little bit or like a cable show and, you know, I've had other things. And you know, there's this YouTube f fandom and like people becoming famous because of YouTube and stuff. And I really feel like, you know what, man? I'm not trying to sound like an old man or old fashioned, but like, I don't care, you know, if you're this Logan Paul or Paul, Lo or Paul Logan or other guy's name. Or, I don't care how famous, that's like, like, to me, it's like, like Michael Jackson was famous. You know what I mean? It's undeniably like, you know, like even more so now, like The Rock is famous. And there's people who like can go on social media and be like, hey, I know that guy. Oh my God, I love his movies. And then he might have like 80, 90,000 followers. And then you have a guy who like, you never heard of him. Like, oh, the guy has 25 million followers or whatever it may be. And it's all relative. But what I'm getting at is now, no one's ever asked the reason. And it's kind of like, all right, listen, I make joy for celebrity people, but I make joy for a lot of rich people because you can't be poor to buy, you know, most of my jewelry. So it's like, you know, powerful, whatever it may be. One way to surely lose business is talk about your celebs, talk about your clients and talk too much about them or, you know, go on anything personal because people are so desperate for gossip and for news and for tea, right? Or whatever that bullshit is. <laughs> right. It's like, Clickbait. you know, and it's like, man, you know, like a lot of people maybe sign NDAs, you know, um, like Michael, there's certain things I couldn't talk about, certain things I could, even Dre, when I worked for Dr. Dre when I was in the music business, you know, you signed, you signed a confidentiality agreement. Um, that expired like in 2004, which was awesome because, you know, it was like dope shit I want to say. But like the question you asked, it, it's, it's, it holds a lot of weight in my field because I'm in the service business. Right. Not only am I an artist creating something and making a, you know, a masterpiece for, for a high powered or a, high, a really famous person, I've met Michael on a bad day before, Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it's sad I have to say that. Like, 10 years ago, I wouldn't even have to say Jackson. You know what I'm saying? I'd say Mike. You wouldn't even think about Jordan. You're thinking immediately Michael Jackson. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, but, um, you know, I deal with so many different celebrities. I think now the best way for me, I think I got to a certain level to where how about I just don't say shit except business at all? I don't sit there and try to be your boy. I'm not going to sit there and try to be pleasant. Not say I'm going to be rude. But I'm like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Nice to meet you. How was your day? Oh, I was cool, man. So check it out. So about this diamond um, Jesus piece. So you want to get the diamonds here? I just go straight to business, you know, because I notice once I accept the invite to the barbecue or I do certain things, you know, it, it sucks, but it's like, one, this is my livelihood. I don't want to ever, ever do I want to overextend my welcome. And I don't want to seem thirsty or desperate for a certain thing, you know. So, like, you know, social cues. You know, I'll be with a buddy of mine who 
and I don't like to bring anybody around. I'm the most solo person in the world. Like when I go to a club, you know, it's like I was a DJ. I know what it's like. People are like, hey man, who you coming with? Uh, you coming deep with like five guys or, you know, this and that. I, don't, I never ever was the dude to roll deep anywhere. You know, I kind of have always been that lone wolf. Um, but like I'd bring my wife somewhere, certain things. But like one of my boys who comes with me, he is a, um, a U.S. Marshal. So not only does it serve purpose as an old friend, but he's a 50-state carry, meaning he can get on a plane with me and carry a gun anywhere, you know, whatever. Whereas certain places I can't carry, he can carry for sure. But, you know, some people don't, don't pick up, you know, social cues and stuff. So, like, you know, um, we'll get invited somewhere. Like, hey, yo, man, we're going to fucking, uh, we're going to Delilah later, man. If you want to come by, bro, you know, come by, man. You know, definitely swing by, you know, I got a table there, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. My boy's like, hey man, so what time are we rolling up there? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're not going up there. I'm not going up there hanging out with this dude. Like, what are you like, I'm here to get my paper and, you know, and do this thing and, and, and on to the next person. Right. There's so many people that I see in this custom joy business or in any kind of a similar service luxury business, whether it be a car dealer or a weed dealer or somebody, they're their immediate thing is, hey man, if I get seen with this guy, and and, and it's People may think that about me, but at the same time, when I think about it on a scientific level, I think about it on a marketing level, because obviously I've been very good at marketing myself. You know, I, I haven't had a PR team, and I don't think people who, you know, I don't think someone like Sunshine Sachs publicity team could, could have done what they did, what I did for myself. You know what I mean? Like you could, you know, Tiffany and Co. or like Cartier, these big houses they have, these big jewelry fashion houses have, you know, two, three million dollar marketing budgets for a year just for publicity. You know what I'm saying? Let alone whatever they have, even more than that. And yet, you know, I literally have that same exposure without having to do all that. And it, I've been fortunate, but at the same time, it's, and now it's kind of a hassle. So with that said, I don't have to jump in the car with Drake, Drake the rapper now, if I want to. <laughs> or like, you know, Justin and be like, yo, boom, I need to see. Like, I know what I need to pose and what I need. If it's unnecessary, like selfie, like, hey man, we're in the car going somewhere, but there's no purpose. I'm like, man, you know, maybe for a story that's okay, but like, and then it's like, I don't know, then it goes on a, someone else's fan site, and I'm like, yo, man, you know what? You could pick your spots. Pretty much. And, and one of the good things about this, about being sensitive, like you're saying, like, how do you deal with it, and, and, and how does that, you know, how is it? I see the other guys going too far, and when I see them going too far, things start to make sense. Like, now the price goes down for the jewelry. Now they got to give a better price because they want to kick it. Now they became friends. So now this guy's got to pay this dude or, you know, now. Too familiar. Yeah. Travis Scott's chain is going to be a little bit less now because he's hanging out with this dude. And this dude is just really that dude. And some people, a lot of people, you know, they don't see anything wrong with it. And some people are like, no, it's cool. What do you mean? But if someone else outside their circle try to do it and the worst of giving them a free discount, they'd be like, man, get that dude out of here, man. Who the fuck is this dude? And blah, blah. It's like he's the same dude doing what your boy is trying to do for a chain. And. I don't have to go solicit is what I'm saying now. You know, I've gone to the point where I think most of these rappers under the age of 28, they're more excited to be with me than I am with them. Do you know? And especially with like the, the song, you know, Bambala did the chain. That took me to a whole different realm. Even though I was already like, you know, I had the biggest year of my career last year. That song was like the icing of the cake. You know what I'm saying? It was like, it was beyond, it was the candles and like the fucking sparkle show. It was it went so far to where now Saudi princesses and Saudi princes are kind of like, yo, I want to, Ben Ball did the chain. I want to get something with him. And hey, can you hashtag Ben Ball did the chain on the back of my piece and things like that. So you know when I meet a rapper that's young, they're like, yo, man, 
I remember seeing this on this and blah, blah. When I was 14 years old, you know, I saw you in a magazine or whatever. And it's like, and my wife was like, hey, babe, just embrace it. You know, you're, 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 you're a big time star now, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> like Tom Cruise is a big time star. You know? <laughs> right. But let me rewind back how funny things are. But uh, what I wanted to ask you really okay, quick about, yeah. about, you know, you're so right as far as being in the service industry and understanding that dynamic. Because what's been amazing to me, the few times that I've been with these crazy, famous people that are operating on a different level, is that the hanger-oners are at such an extreme. Oh, man. I mean, and the last thing that they want from you is to feel indebted to yet another person, someone else who's like looking to gain something from them and being able to sort of facilitate this relationship and also know that like at a certain moment, something shifted for someone ultra famous and they can never go back. No. And so you're no longer operating under the, that's why like, I remember I met Tom Hanks and he came up to me and he was like, where are you from? And I was like, what do you care, Tom Hanks? (laughs) But he, and what I could tell, and I found this and I I imagine it would be similar. The more famous a person, the more powerful, actually the more affable, quasi normal, because it's like they have nothing left to prove they've attained that crazy height and they actually like right. want to make you comfortable. And also they're surrounded by such a crazy life that they're like, right. Ben Baller, what's your life like? Josh right. Beck, what's your life like? Like, right. cause it, you know, it gets, it becomes groundhog's day to a certain extent. At the same time, like for instance, like Tom Cruise, I, I know Tom, you know, I've, I've met him, you know, he's done, he's, I can't say one bad thing about Tom Cruise. My sister worked with him for a very long time and I think legally you can't talk too much more about it. But he, like, you know, you never do, do something, but it's like, imagine if, like, you know, you, you, you try to be very sensitive, and, and you, you should, you know, you've been in Hollywood a long time. I, I don't know, I can't imagine, you must have went to some fucking Chuck E. Cheese or some mall and had an appearance of <laughs> fucking 500, I'm not making a diss to you, I'm just saying, like, you must have been to, like, you know, like, I don't know, some kid's place, like, a million people, like, oh my God, you a know. Dave and Busters, yeah. come on, I'm the Whatever. king. Yeah, <laughs> so, if... Do you have a sister or brother? No, only child. Okay, well then fuck you. <laughs> Let's say your mom worked with, uh, Jesus Christ. Let's say your mom worked with Heath Ledger for like 15 years. Right. Okay, before he passed away. Rest in peace, Heath. And let's say you were at a restaurant and it was quiet and no one else was around and Heath had walked out, but your mom had worked with him for 15 years. You had met him briefly a few times. In a way, I feel like you, you don't want to bother anybody, but at the same time, because it's so intimate, there's no one around, you could kind of have the right to say something. You know, if, if you wanted to, you'd be like, For all sure. right, you know what, that's your mom. Right. Me and my sister are very close. She's a very powerful person in Hollywood. She's been very powerful behind the scenes for a long time. I was at um, a five-star hotel where me and my wife got married. I was having a nice little dinner with her. It was date night. And I'm walking out of one of the private bathrooms, and I know it's private. And... Um, there was nobody else in the bathroom. It was like small bathroom, like, you know, whatever. And it was dim in there. And Tom Cruise, I had no idea he was there. Tom Cruise was washing his hands. I didn't notice anyways. And I sat there and it, that's the most awkward place in the world, right? The bathroom? Of course. And I saw him. I said, damn, you know what? Nine times out of 10. If it was a rapper, I know it sounds hella fucking terribly. Just, just like, not racist. What is it? It's just, it's, it's just, what's the what's stereotype? The not stereotype, but anyways, I just wouldn't have said anything to her. I don't give a fuck if it was, I know every rapper though, it's different, you know? Yeah, it's your but world. Like, it's Tom, and I've seen it a few times, whatever, and I'm like, Tom, and he just doesn't, he, 
trained to not, you know, turn around for anything. I'm like, it's Ben. I'm Gene Yang's brother. And he immediately, I'm talking instantly, turned around and goes, dude. And he grabbed my face and gave me the fucking hug of like, you know what I mean? Like the hug. He goes, dude, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm, just, I'm dealing with my wife. He goes, no, you're having dinner with us. You're going to sit down with us. And my wife said something to me. And it's, I don't know if it's a flaw or anything. My wife was like, babe, I don't give a fuck who is in the room. I, it, it's proven through time. It could be somebody's concert. Never let that person give you the microphone. You will suck the fame out of any room there is possible. Your stories are too crazy. They're way too fucking outlandish. And they're true. You know, they're just crazy. And, and um, she's just like, you know, she's sitting there. And I'm at the table. Julianne Huff, Mary J. Blige, Katie Holmes, Tom Cruise. And I forgot someone else who was pretty powerful. And my wife. And we're sitting having dinner. And we already finished our dinners. So we're just sitting there just chilling. And I get into a conversation with Mary J. Blige about one of her old best friends. She going up because I knew her. And we just start talking. And next thing you know, I'm like, fuck, I can't contain myself. I need to shut the fuck up. And so I was like, hey, you know what, man? I had real cool after like 15, 20 minutes. I was like, hey, Tom, we, we got a movie to catch. We had no movie to catch. Just wanted to get up and boom and leave. Of course. And the maitre d' had seen me several times. And this guy would recognize like Jennifer Aniston, like uh, maybe Seth MacFarlane or certain people who were like real powerful for real. Not some like Instagram or, or, or hip hop jeweler, you know, dude or whatever. And um, he almost stopped me from sitting down, even though I walked in with Tom back to the table. And then I looked at him, like, I gave him a look like, if you don't get the fuck away from me, bro, like, I will I smack the that. shit out of you. You know what I mean? Like, bro, fucking, you know what my wedding cost here? Like, I, I will slap the shit out of you. God bless. Like, drink, sing on my wedding, motherfucker. Anyways, <laughs> going on, he saw Tom sit me down, so he walked away, and I just noticed, I was like, all right, cool, let me walk out of here. And that was like one of the maybe only ever incidents that I ever did, except one time. There was this movie called Swingers. And I was fucking, like, I love that movie. Vince Vaughn, I still John love Favreau. It to, I still love it to this Classic. day. I'm at a house party at Eddie Murphy's house. And it's the year that I worked at Aftermath. It was the year we won, like, every damn near, every Grammy. Dr. Dre is there. I'm with Dr. Dre and everything, right? Vince Vaughn is there. And he goes, what's up, dog? It's a party. I've never met this dude my entire life. I'm like, yo, dude, I'm a big fan. And I just start talking random shit. I was like, yo, bro, I love the movie, man. That shit was dope and blah, 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 whatever. And I think, and I don't blame him at all. I, don't, I, 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 I totally understand. Where He cool got me. He was like, all right, man. And he like walked away, you know oh. what I'm saying? Because I was talking too much. And I was like, you know what, bro? I just got, I got, I got too much in the moment. This was like 2000, you know. It happens. 18 years old. And I was like, I'm 18 years ago. And I was like, all right, bro, you know, I got a little too cool. So like, it's not that I can't fan out. Because I think if anything, man, later if I were to see Vince, like, yo, listen, this is where I'm at in my life, right? You know what I'm saying? And this is, not that it matters, but like, just to put things in like perspective, like you were an A-list actor and I don't know what you're doing now. And I know you got a DUI a few weeks ago, blah, blah. I still fuck with you just because some of the movies you did were fucking incredible. Word. Wedding crashes, whatever. But I had a fanboy moment with you back in the day and boom. And I know that we and him could be in a room together and, and it, it would be like, you know, it wouldn't be awkward at all. But I would tell him that story. And, and he probably doesn't remember. No, hell no, hell no. But those even. things always sit with us. Like yeah, that's yeah, something you'll never forget. And yeah. God knows I have mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, it's like, um, like, for instance, Tom Hanks. You're not going to see Tom Hanks running around with um, 
two security guards, certain things, blah, blah, blah. Nah, like, even, even Tom Cruise riding motorcycles and stuff, you know, he rode solo. It's pretty crazy. Or one of his homies and stuff. And, like, I don't know. I've just been with... What, what I'm getting at is I've been with countless people who are enormous athletes, stars, real celebrities, and there's been an embarrassing moment that TMZ would die for the story. And they've just stayed with me. I never told my wife or anybody else or anything. And I think... I don't know if that sounds weird, man. That's actually helped my relationship with um, an A-list celebrity that I know now. We became really close in the last two years or so. And now, when my Google alerts come on about my name being mentioned, you know, not at Ben Baller, but like, you know, just the name Ben Space Baller, like pulls up. I'll get my Google alerts. I'd like to know if someone's talking about me or certain things. Sure. Um, there's a lot of celebrities I know actually do this. It's funny. But... I noticed a lot of fans like wondering like, these are the two furthest fucking polar opposite people in the world. How the fuck are they friends? And I think people don't know a lot about me except my direct fan base. Do you know? They immediately assume hip hop. They don't know that my sister and brother, even though we were poor, you know, I don't know how much you know about like education and certain things, but like, you know, my sister went to, you know, extra, my brother went to Andover. He went to school with the Kennedys and, you know, the Bushes and like, you know, we're talking, you know, real for real like people think oh buckley like buckley is like a fucking hyundai sonata compared to like what andover exeter is you know what i mean yeah like these are like wise. new like, england yeah like high the real end. deal like like hundreds of years of, of government like and just like vanderbilts and like very wealthy people and like hogwarts and shit. it's pretty like, much like yeah. hogwarts and stuff and you know what? And I, I had a lot of culture you know um one of my nicknames is the four, the hip, <laughs> so funny, you said Tom Hanks, is the hip hop Forrest Gump. I just happened to be in a room with a lot of crazy shit happening, right? Like being around certain things and iconic things in history. And I think one of the beautiful things about having all these celebrity clients or being around them is that um, all these stories of being around them and certain things and not saying anything and knowing when to say something and never knowing when to, you know, to shut my mouth or when to do. All that stuff as an observer or as a fly on the wall has made me a better businessman with these people. Like, even when it's the younger dude who's like, yo, man, famous. And I was there like, yo, dude, I, I've been, I've, I've had way more famous clients than you. I don't even need to say that. I just kind of just have a chuckle. I'm like, all right, man. And then I just will cancel a job. You know, I just don't like if people are like, yo, you can't. I was going to ask that. Do you yeah. turn down certain oh, things man. when it doesn't feel right? I won't or? lie to you, dude. If it's, if it, if it's forced. I feel like, okay, for instance. Um, or if you know in your gut that that guy. Is just forcing it. Or, yeah, or that he's going to spend every dollar from his check, his advance on his record on this. Well, I've, already, I, I've, I've, I've spoke about this before. This is something I have spoke about. So, YG. He, you know, I, I, didn't, I never thought that YG be like really a, a top tier, big famous rapper. And it's not disrespecting because I love YG. Um. When he had his first hit song, it was a song called Tooted and Booted. It was like kind of like a poppy song. And he's like a real thug. He's a real blood gangster. You know, it's funny. And um, he wanted to get this gigantic chain. And I was like, yo, man, you, you were signed to Def Jam, right? It's a major label. I was like, okay. You know, I was like, you sure, bro? You know, because, and he was like, to the point where it was borderline already past offensive to him to be like, yo, don't tell me how to spend my money. And I know I've been there before. You know what I mean? And I dealt with a lot of hood dudes. I've dealt with a lot of people. I did it myself. When Dr. Gray gave my first check, he told me, he's like, hey, bro, don't be stupid. Don't do no dumb shit, blah, blah. Man, the next day, of course, I went to get a BMW. Of course, I went to get a Rolex. You know, I never had no money before. You know, it's like, 
And I told the dude, and, and you know, thank God for him it worked out. But for a lot of other people, I'm kind of like, yo, man, come back to me when it's nothing to you. And he'll go spend it with someone else. I'm like, hey, cool, dude, I'm not tripping. Like, I think I'm doing well enough to where, you know, um, I try to focus on one piece a month with a major person. If not, I'm not even worried about it. You know, I could pull off one piece in the year and that would shut down everything else. And no one wants to talk about anything else because, you know, of the way I'm aligning myself with these things strategically. Um, what are the, what are some of like the major signs for you when someone comes in where you're like like red flags where you just know like I don't want to work with this guy it's going to be too much trouble this is not this is not the piece I want to do I don't give a fuck how famous and how big you are at the end of the day people like Michael Jackson or people like um, John Mayer or someone else they do, they dealt directly with me right once your publicist or your manager or your assistant or certain people get a little too involved early on. If it happens after, then I just kind of cancel the job. But if it happens early on, I'm like, hey, man, so listen, so my boy's going to meet you and blah, blah, we're going to discuss it. And then I could talk to you after. I'm like, hey, homeboy, listen, bro, check this out, dog. You got me all the way fucked up. Like, you could go have your assistant go deal with somebody then. Because I'm like, bro, come on, man. Who the fuck are you? Like, are you crazy? Like, and I'm talking about someone who's, who's big and naked. I don't agree if you have, a, you know, a billion views on YouTube. It, it doesn't matter to me, bro. Like, you know, like, if you're going to deal with me. I need to know what you're talking about. I need to get in your head. I need your inspiration. I don't want to have a middleman fucking lose something in translation between us. And then you blame him or me or something. And it's like, yo, listen, man, this is a creative process, right? Like, boom. If someone comes with something with a lack of creativity and they try to say something to me, I give them the golden rule. Listen, understand this. If the customer was always right, I'd be a lot more successful. Okay. Get that in your head first. Second, never give art direction to the art director, bro. Just know that. But I always work a lot better when I'm collaborative with people and they have a lot of creativity and stuff and we can put it into a piece. Um, with that said, I got no problem with turning down anybody. Now, I'm not going to have anything personal and be like, go on Twitter and be like, man, fuck Drake Bell. That motherfucker wanted to get this little fucking cupcake piece and blah, blah, whatever, and he's on some bullshit, and he sent his fucking, his personal assistant to deal with me. No, it's like, you know. But then sometimes if it's like something they're going to buy from my store, cool. Why are you hitting me up? Go to my store in Beverly Hills. Go in there and pick it up. Go send somebody, you know? But that's a red flag. Um, As fucked up as it is, you shouldn't count people's pockets. And I tend to do that sometimes. So if I'm in like a little doubt, I might still go a little step further. If I'm in a lot of doubt, meaning this guy's in the public eye, IRS wants him, he's always getting evicted, he's, you know... I'm like, bro, I'm not even thinking about making you a $150,000 piece unless you could give me a hundred grand up front. Then at least there, I know I have it secured and I can work out that 50 with them. God forbid I had to right. because I don't work on, I don't I, like, the, the crazy thing is everyone's like, oh man, I can give you a shout out. I'm like, hey bro, let me tell you something. I don't need a shout out, bro. Word, you I'll know, give you a shout yeah, out. <laughs> I mean, if I really, really pressed my social media, like really went about all the little bitch ass shit. Like, hey, so which one of these do you think you like? Or which one should I wear today? Just to in- literally force engagement. How many diamonds do you think are in this watch? Hey, if you could guess, I might give you a t-shirt. You know, just to wish, I'm like, I would, ha- I could, I, I think, I think I could have 3 million, 4 million followers. You know what I mean? And it's like, at least I got 1.3 that are kind of responsive. You know, I know I got a lot of haters and stuff and that's cool. And it's just like, you know what? It's important because it's afforded me major endorsement deals with billion dollar companies and big brands and stuff. And that money's nice. But 
when I see people who are actually famous and every post is, oh, by the way, Pantene is so great for my hair and blah, blah, whatever. Oh my God, I went to Target and it was so easy. Oh Lord, this resort at the Westin was so nice. I'm like, yo, I love you, bitch. Every post, like, come on, man. Like, damn, Yeah, you, you gotta know? be strategic. And God knows I do it, <laughs> but I try to- I do it, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah, it, you, but it, it's good money. You, you know, can't but, inundate your followers yeah. with, do you ever, I, I, I wondered this, has anyone ever said to you, because obviously there's so much um, clout that comes with the name and having your hands on the piece and whatnot. Has anyone said, I want a good size piece that, you know, whatever normally would retail for 75,000, 100,000 said, can you do 90% of it with fakes? Has anyone ever asked to, for you to make a fake or use things? I would say maybe half of them have. Wow. Yeah. So it's, yeah, so it's a the big thing number. Is this. I've never admitted to it. Of course. For the TV show Empire, I made something, and then they wanted something that was costume. That's completely understandable because it's television. Of course. And 90% and of the time when you see fake jewelry, it doesn't look good. But that's also because a custom jeweler never made it. Now, anybody in the top 25 that actually made a custom piece... If you're making this piece the same way you're going to make a diamond one, if you do it the right way and you approach it the same way, you're putting the same amount of labor in it, there's no way that piece shouldn't look amazing on TV, right? The only problem with it is that if my name is hallmarked on the back, hallmark is a jewelry term for when you see the 14 karat gold stamp or something, you know, whatever, Ben Baller, IF and Co. Once my name is stamped on the back of that thing, who knows who's going to touch that piece and be like, hey, man, this is fake, and people try to expose you for any reason. Jewelers are out there trying to get clout more than anybody, you know what I mean? They need all the shout-outs they can. That's why I have a very strong separation between IF and Co. and Ben Baller. IF and Co., you go there, and it is the most, I'm sorry, even more so than Tiffany and Co., our page is legitimately, I am so proud of how professionally ran that page. Go check out my jewelry page. It's like literally all professional pictures. No celebrity ever will I ever put a celebrity on there or nothing. No pictures, no personal shit, strictly business. We don't put celebrities on the wall, none of that stuff or anything else. And I thought about it. I was like, you know what? We got a wall of fame. I was like, then it would just be endless. And it's just like, dude, what the fuck is this? Jerry's Deli? Like, nah, dude. Like, you know, like. <laughs> Drag cleaners. You know, like it's. it's right. It's, it's just. Um. So I, I have to decline that all the time because I, I don't know, you know, what if, what if your house gets broken into, right? And like, boom, oh, I got this bamboo piece of me and they go downtown. Oh, this shit was fake. And then it just goes, and it's bad for my reputation, you know? Got you. But, I, you know, I don't, depending, some people actually have the money and just want like the, the, the look for certain things, whatever. Now, this is the thing I will do. If they genuinely want Svorsky crystals, I'll do that. You know what I mean? Because it's still at least some kind of a value and it's still some prestige in Svorsky's. But like if they're talking about just straight cubic zirconia, like QVC shit, like, yeah, no, I... I... <laughs> You're good. Life insurance is one of those topics that everyone knows a little bit about. But do you understand it well enough to feel comfortable buying it? Be honest. You don't have to... Listen, you're just a person listening to a podcast right now, so there is no need to front. Now, whether you're an insurance expert or a newbie, Policy Genius created a website that makes it easy for you to compare quotes, get advice, and get covered. Because listen, it, look, life insurance, it's not the, you know, the most fun thing to talk about at times, but the reality is we all need it. I just had a sweet baby child, my baby Max, and I got to set him up for the future. I have to adult 
and be a grown up right now and make sure that he's taken care of if the, you know, God forbids, uh, happen. So I know that Policy Genius is the easy way to get life insurance. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find the coverage you need at a price you can afford. From there, just apply online, and the advisors at Policy Genius will handle all the red tape. They'll even negotiate your rate with the insurance company. No extra fees, no commission sales agents, just helpful advice and personalized service. So no matter how much or how little you know about life insurance, you can find the right policy in minutes at policygenius.com. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. What do you find is the, I'm interested in like the diamond trade in general, right? Because what I've heard is that diamonds, it's a, um, it's a created scarcity that there's actually a shitload of diamonds in the world, but that there's like one source that creates the, um, yeah, the scarcity for diamonds. Is that true? The dangerous question. No. <laughs> you know what I appreciate? I'm sorry. I have to tell you, I really appreciate the fact that, uh, you're asking questions that have been asked before. And that's good because I think, uh, you don't come from necessarily a, a, a hip hop a majority hip-hop background. Um, I'm interested so, in that, but I feel like no, you've also talked about that a lot. I haven't. So with that said, um, there is a company, a two-syllable word. De Beers? <laughs> you know, and... Um, Maybe. As much as anybody... If you're, if, you're, if you're not big enough to know that that two-syllable word company um, controls the business then you're just a fool, you know? You can go through seven different diamond dealers and get good deals and deal with somebody very big. And I would say, this is a far fetch, but 70% of that chance, that stone came from them or those stones came from them. That's impossible to do in any other business. Like that monopoly is just insane. Do you know what I mean? So you gotta be very careful how you talk about this. And, um, whether it's rare or the fake scarcity, whatever it may be, somehow, some way, there's definitely not an abundance of the, the, the diamonds I want to get and certain things, right? So they've done a good job, and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to politically sound correct, sure. not, not to hurt any kind of, you know, hurt anybody's business or anything, but like, you know, somehow, some way, it's afforded me, you know, lifestyle I live and everything else and so you know they're able to not manipulate it's 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 crazy how I, I couldn't tell you how many diamonds there are exist in the world right but I, it's not about supply and demand it's maybe there's an abundance but there's so much demand it's almost like bottled water right do you know what i mean like oh you're drinking water blah, blah. we can't even get fucking uh we can't even get you know good water in flint or whatever blah blah i mean really and again i'm not i don't want to disrespect anybody who lives in flint i have friends who were born there but water can get there, there, there there's there's weird shit going on everywhere you go do you know what i mean there's sure. enough, there, there's there's people who you know i mean I, I there's people who think about okay i know i say it's not that easy but let's just try to make it this easy 48 bottles of Costco water cost $2.99, which is, it's like insane. It's like 22 cents a bottle, right? It's that Kirkland it's shit. Kirkland shit, right? right? Kirkland water. Now imagine at $2.99, okay? Now let's just say 
There's people who do it. Oprah's done it. There's a million dollars, okay? Imagine how many bottles of, of water that is, right? And, and I'm talking about, like, I'm, I'm being serious, right? So you have a million dollars someone's going to donate, and I'm going to translate this into diamonds, okay? And you have, that's 335,000 cases, right? So times 40, I'm sorry. That's 16 million bottles of water, now, I don't know how the hell it's going to get there. You know what I mean? How many trucks it's going to take, right? But not saying it would solve it, but people could take 16 million bottles of water. At least put a... A, a, a dent a, a, Not even a dent, a, a fucking... Not even a cast or a gauze. That's going to help a lot, right? People are going to drink the water they need it, right? With diamonds, and don't lose me on this, women, I feel like, since birth... I mean, don't get me wrong. I've met women be like, oh, you know, I don't really care about diamonds so much. You don't really need it. That's rare. You know, I might've met like five, but you know, I'm talking, I met a billion people. So it's like not even like 0.0001%. Somehow, some way they grew up. I don't know why the fuck I was so infatuated with jewelry such at a young age. My mom was a big jewelry person. And whenever, when she finally made some money, you know, she bought jewelry and I was like, oh, I love this, this, and this. And the thing is, diamond prices are always going up. Now they have this thing called culture diamonds, which are CVDs, man-made diamonds that are grown in a lab, right? You can't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. You know, you have to have a special machine and all this other stuff. And now um, there's a news article about this two-syllable um, company that spent like two, three billion dollars on. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? Do you now? You're, I, now I feel like you're gonna fuck things up for us. You know what I mean? Because now. The dirtiest thing that's been going on is these jewelers are buying the culture diamonds on a smaller scale, like something like these, right? They're mixing them in the partial of real diamonds and making chains so it's impossible to detect. Right. And it's saving their cost by 30 to 60%. And it's just a fucking big mess now. So in a way, you had to kind of go directly to the source of the two-syllable company because you knew you were going to get the right thing. Now, I feel like they're battling against that war, right? Because it's going to affect their business. So what's the best thing for them to do? Let's buy all those motherfuckers too. Oh, yeah. Control so the marketplace. Just, Jesus Christ. You, yeah. They're the Amazon.com of diamonds. But you control the fake and you control the real. You're the, you're the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, bro, that's never... It's, it's impossible. Imagine like... I won't say his name, but there was a company that was selling every rapper, every celebrity was wearing their clothes. And fakes came out and it just, the hood went crazy, right? And like the swap meets and everything was selling it, blah, blah. I found out later that the dude owned a majority of the business of the fakes too. And I was like, this guy is the illest motherfucker in, in the world. Oh yeah. Like how do you, you, you gotta be kidding me. He single-handedly never told anybody that he ran the fakes in the streets while the celebs wearing this. And it's just insane. Yeah. And, and like, so it's not fair. But that's where we are, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, it's owning, and, um, owning so the fire and the extinguisher. I'll never tell you that it's rare. Right. It's just in high demand, dude. Bro, you know, you know when they first made... Okay, I have a really rare Ferrari coming in next month, right? And they have a certain amount of Ferraris being made, right? But these cars will have like 600 made, 700 made. You know, that's a really rare number. Back in the day, a rare number was 100. Do you know? It just gets higher and higher, Right. And like, when I see these Lamborghinis, I'm like, there's no way 25,000, 50,000 of these are made. And it's like, bro, where's this money coming from? But these aren't rare cars, really, if you think about it, right? Because then you start pulling up, okay, well, 
Let's get a car that's 100,000, not 400, 500 grand. And you got like a Mercedes Benz S class with certain things. If you look at the numbers, it's, you know, not crazy off, but at the same time, you know, they're making a shit ton of those. And it's like, these cars ain't rare, man. Don't let anybody tell you they are, but they're just in high demand. So does that make sense? I never really explained this before yeah. to anyone. I never spoke about it before, but like, People like nice shit. No shit. No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? Especially if it has quality into it. You know, there's a lot of shit that's sh- that scam and sham shit that's just like, oh, okay, boom. But like, a lot of stuff that's out right now necessarily isn't that rare. And when it really is rare, it really is rare. And it's like, all right, fucking, you know, f- good luck. Well, I gotta, I gotta ask you this uh, on behalf of my fellow uh, young guys who are married. Because I was going through, it seemed like there was a... Uh, there was a movement, you know, as you know, coming into your late twenties, early thirties, you're a guy, all of a sudden, like, you know, soldiers are falling. People are getting married one after the next. So when I was going to get engaged to my wife, I remember all my boys were like, I got a guy. You got to see my guy. One cat's like downtown LA. Another cat's like Arizona. I'm like, I'm not going fucking Arizona. Come on, man. And like, and it's really hard to weed through the shit. And so finally, it was funny because I have like a big brother from the Big Brother Foundation since I was little because I never knew my pops. And he was like, yo, if you're going to do this, ask your moms. Because my mom is like a crazy, you know, jewelry fan like your mom and has some great pieces. And she's got a guy in Jersey who was like, yo, send me the specs. I'll give you the rendering. Done. So she. Oh, that's amazing. She hooked me up. But. I'm interested to know of like, it's funny. I had a good buddy of mine who was like, let's go to downtown LA. I want to get my wife an engagement ring. So I was like, bet, let's go. And he, he had about, you know, five grand to spend. So he goes in, finds like a nice one carat stone with a setting. But we're in downtown LA. So haggling is expected. Oh my God. It's, it's, that's why my store's not down there. But yeah, my office, my factory's in downtown in the Jewelry District. But like, you know, oh. go on. And so the guy, and so like shows him, you know, a nice stone, nice setting. And like, you know, obviously the guy behind the counter is a pro. So you can read him. He's like, 5,200. And a beat goes and my buddy goes, I'll take it. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I was like, 4,800. And I just see the guy look at me like, that's still a steal. He's like, all cash? And I'm like, sure. And I was like, I I saved you 400 bucks because you talk too quick. But like, what? I guess like, not like how to, how to not get fucked, but like, how's the best way to go about these things? Right. Cause for most okay. guys, we have no idea. All right. I'm not going to ask you how big your podcast is. I'm not going to ask you, um, can I, I'll tell you my wife's ring specs. No, let, let's go to that after. Okay. <laughs> this is for the men. Got you. I don't know how many listeners you have. I don't know how big your podcast is. I know you have a huge following. All I'm asking is this. Do you roughly know the demographic of how many men, like, would you say, like, it's 70%, 60%? It's more, I have a bigger female following, but it's probably, like, 35% male. Are you fucking kidding me? Word. Crazy. This will help women, too, though. Okay. There is a website that I hate, and there's an app on the phone now, as well, because they're enormous, and they're huge. And let me, um, did I mention I hate them, right? So let me <laughs> explain the fact that I, I don't like this company, and I, and I hate them. Um, like how Tiffany and co hates me. I hate this company on the back end. I use them because I have to gauge what's fair and what's not places called blue If you are able 
to get near a BlueNile.com price because buying it, even if it's legit and it is and it's insured, it's difficult buying a 5,000, 30,000, 20,000 in the mail. Do you know, it's, it's a little difficult. And I believe the inventory is so large because a lot of people even have, like a lot of jewelers will send in their diamonds and it kind of be a consignment thing, blah, blah, whatever. But everything has to be certified. It has to be GIA. It has to have everything. And they have so many different kinds. Blue Nile's pricing is so insanely competitive that it's damn near right at my, my direct wholesale cost of stuff. So if you can find a stone. Now, my suggestion is you find a nice jeweler who does a good setting, right? Your mom had somebody, somebody. And really, as smart as you can get, if your wife or your fiance or your girlfriend is too slick, then don't bother. But if she kind of has no idea, be like, I don't know. Is there a style that you like? I'm not in any rush to get anything. I'm just curious. Do you know? It would help a lot. Because right. then you know what she likes, right? And so whatever. Some women are just so grateful. I love those type of women. They're just like, oh my God, I don't even care. I don't even look at the ring. Boom. Cool. So if you want a big help, and I'm talking, it's almost the end all. You can go there and you can use the prices there. Now, you're gonna piss off a lot of people in downtown of any city and any jewelry district downtown. You're gonna piss a lot of people off. Like, hey, Blue Nile had this stone for fucking, you know, $380 or, you know, for 16,000 or 18,000. Like, well, why don't you go to Blue Nile then? They're gonna say that or they're gonna try to beat. But if you can get them to get close to that price, you did a lot. Now, mind you, there's a lot of things that you have to take in consideration. There really is something about the polish, you know? You could have a great diamond that's a, you know, a VS1, G color, but then maybe the, 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 the table is a little too thick and maybe, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's top heavy, it's not top heavy, or it's, because there's two carat diamonds that look like they might be a 1.7 carat, you know, it's, it's, it's about the overall weight of the stone, it's not the size, you know. There's a lot of things to take in consideration. There might be a flaw, you know, right in the center of this diamond, you know what I mean, where if I've been lucky to be like, okay, I'll search, oh, there's a flaw in this diamond, okay, cool, where is it? It's where the prong is going to hide it. Do you know what I mean? There's so yeah. many different things. So what I'm saying is, when you go to Blue Nile, you still got to do some research, but at least you can figure out, boom, you know, if you see a triple excellent diamond, all right, cool, and everything looks out, boom. If someone can match that, you know, you, you did really well. And I'm, that's a million-dollar gift I just gave you right now to any man or female that's out there looking because, you know, you want to maximize your money because, you know, um, this is an asset now. People don't realize that. You know, it's, you know, make sure you get it insured through renters or homeowners insurance. A hundred percent. And, you know, these insurance policies now are pretty fair. And like, you know, they have travel insurance to where like, you know, you know, my wife just went down the sink and boom, you're covered. And it's like such a beautiful thing because you went the right way. Right. And, and, and it's, it's like, if you spend and do it the right way, you're going to always make your money back. Or if anything, one of my detailers for my cars and stuff, he's looking to buy a ring. He's like, yo, bro. You know, I don't have 20,000, I don't have 50,000, I have this, blah, blah. And more than anything now, it's so funny you say this, I've been making more rings now than anything. And that's why it's like the hashtag Ben Ball did the ring is coming up. And now I'm starting to focus more of my energy towards the rings and pieces. With that said, he had like a $3,000 budget, which, you know, is I, I wouldn't even take a job for under like, I wouldn't even take a job for under 25, really. And 25, you'd have to be a pretty good friend. Sure. So let alone at three this dude will come to my house in like 100 degree weather and certain things is amazing, you know, blah, blah, whatever. And, um, you know, I'm like, bro, I got you. Don't worry about it, you know? And then when it came down to it, I just paid for the ring. Wow. I just wanted to, just, I wanted to do something special for him, you know what I mean? Just enough to where I could be like, boom. So like he could go and, the, and he's a very humble dude and people would be like in his house and they're like, 
how'd you afford that, you know? And I was like, well, um, you know, I just worked as much as I could. He didn't want to tell me. I said, don't tell anybody. Just tell him you paid for it. You know what I'm saying? It's all good. Um, that was like my good deed that I felt like I needed to do. There'd be times where a detail is like 500 bucks and like, he's just like, you know what, man? You do so much for me on social media and you gave me so much great business. I don't worry about it. I'm like, no, dude, I got to pay you. All right, boom. So at that point, you know, I'm like, all right, don't worry about the deposit. Let me get started. Let me get this going. Boom. And I was like, all right. And he's like, hey, I was like, hey, bro, I hope she says yes. I know she will, you know? And I, I love hearing these stories, you know? And then, oh, like, yeah, I, I, it's everything. Totally on the other spectrum, you know? I, I mean, Black China and Rob Kardashian's ring, you know, just like a fucking disaster. And thank God we settled all that. But like. Because they didn't pay for it or what happened? No, he paid for it, but he got the ring back, thank God, you know what right. I mean? Like, so then was, he gives it back to you and it's like. Yeah, he, he, he got his money back, which is good. Now, like, because it's funny, I have friends who work in, in cars and whatnot. And so whenever anyone does like the crazy, I can always tell, right? Because I have a buddy call me when I'm looking for a new car. And I'll be like, yo, got this Ill 7 series. It's fucking hot green with red interior. I'm like, oh, hold on. He's a great deal. I'm like, wait, it's a great deal because some scam artist put a thousand down on this car, did the dumbest specs, and now you're stuck with it. So I would imagine certain things that are very specific to the people that buy them from you. If you, you know, how, how could you get the money back on a piece if maybe they don't pay for it all so they don't get the piece or? No, no, no. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, early on, you know, we had problems chasing people for, for money and stuff anything else but you know we, we unfortunately, unfortunately we don't have that anymore so like you know you got to pay us period um when we get a ring back which is rare unless they upgrade which is no problem you know depending on who they are you know i definitely give them a very fair deal if anything you know i give them a great deal with their money back and they're upgrading so i you know whatever but if it's like a funky ring and it's really tailor-made to this whatever if it's cool and of course i made it i might use it in my store as a store display and if they want something cool, great. You know what? I'll take that, that, that thing down. It's because people don't understand. My inventory is in jewelry. So like if I have a wedding band or engagement ring and someone else wore, that's still money there. Do you know what I mean? It's diamond. It's money in the bank. So it's like I can melt that down, make something else, whatever it may be. Or it's good as it, someone might like it. You never know, whatever. And it can be recycled. If not, the center stone is the most important part. You know, I'll make you a new setting. So, you know, it's, it's you know, man, I just, I try to make it easy for everyone else because that, that's a really tough thing, you know, especially because... A lot of guys come in and have no idea. Most of the men have no idea. And then you have the guys who are going with the girls. I sometimes like it, but sometimes I don't like to see the women, you know, like, well, hey, babe. And it's like, you know, man, like, don't finance this ring. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like don't ever do that. Cause then you're really like, you're, you're going to fuck yourself. You know, like pay it off for if the you, next There's a reason why years. if you go to like Daniel's Jewelers, one of these places in the mall, they're never going to have a two carat in there. They might have like a 1.2, 1.3, right? And when they have a 1.3, you know, the price is not good because these people don't know any better. And on top of that, they're like, oh, we do our own financing, no credit check, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Give us your bank account statements. And basically, by the time you pay for that ring, you could have got a fucking 10 times better ring. Buy your ring up front, dude. Don't, don't put it you know, all away. Don't do anything else. It's is, just, that, is that all like Zales and Ben Bridge and K? Like, is that... Ben Bridge is, I think, on a higher level. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Zales, but, but, but like, I'm talking about you don't go to these places and find a two-carat stone. It's just not going to happen because that's a big diamond, you know? And, and, you know, it's like 20, 25 grand. Depending on what it is, it could be 30. And what they're going to do is, again, they have their own financing because they're going to kill you on this. So let me give you an example. You got a $7,000 ring say it's a carrot okay and it's whatever it's an si2 and it's like a fucking k color and they give you a decent setting with like maybe vs diamonds in the setting 
and it's like kind of old-fashioned, blah, blah, whatever, classic Victorian-style bullshit, and then you buy this ring. You leave. You put $500 out of your money down, right? By the time you finish that paying that ring off, it's 15 grand. At that point, you could have had a, you know, 1.6, 1.7 VS2, like GF color, something much better, you know? It's like, dude, if you ain't got it, you ain't got it, man. Don't, don't let your girl stress you out because she wanted the better thing. I get it. That's why there's that, you know, anniversary 10-year upgrade and whatever. Upgrade. It's like, you know. Now, how, what's your mind, and, and you don't have to go into detail about it, but I, I feel like it's a, um, amongst jewelers and people in high-end industry like this, you have to be incredibly mindful of security. So, like, how are you as far as that goes? Because as you talked about, you have a family and you work in a lot of high-priced items, and I would imagine there's a part of you that's always looking, looking over your shoulder. Um, one thing I've been very fortunate of is... Um, I've never had that problem yet. One dude attempted to rob our store, but um, I carry. I don't like to all the time. I carry a firearm every day, daily. Uh, I realized when I stopped carrying is when my energy became even better. I kind of was like, you know what? I have a different energy. I have kids around certain things. Rarely will I have a security guard around me. And I think the level of respect that's been around the streets with me has kind of been like, Ben's the kind of guy that may, might, might, you know, might spend more than money than he has to go and make your life miserable for the rest of your life. Like, he's just that petty. And I feel like it's kind of gotten and spread throughout the universe that no matter how much you think I'm a clown or it may be, there's a reason why I'm able to walk in the hood and do certain things and, and, and wear certain things, right? But one of the precautions I do take one is we don't carry any jewelry in my home, you know, like... We have our basic daily stuff here and there, and might be some things here and there. But I mean, like, when someone thinks they're going to hit the jackpot, nah, dog. Like, you know, like, we have a 24-hour security, you know, patrolled 17 different guards, a safe that's so big that they had to fucking drill posts in the garage underneath to hold the fucking safes up. If I need to go and do that, I'd rather just go down there and switch it up. A little hassle, but you know what? That extra precaution makes Peace of mind. Because I don't really speak about where I live or anything else. I haven't. I've never posted, you know, where I live or anything else. I'm very, 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 very weird. Um, my wife, when she saw it was you that was coming, she's like, okay, he can come over, you know, blah, blah. You see, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, that's a quarter million dollars of shit on the wall right there. You know what I mean? This is a, a 90-inch fucking, the most latest 4K TV. Like, everything in here, I, I, and I haven't even, you know... I, I haven't even finished doing what I need to do, you know, in this particular office space, right? But with that said, like, everything's insured, right? So it's like, hey, man, you know, let them take what they fucking want if they had to, you know, they, they need whatever it may be. Right. But at the same time, I don't know if you paid attention, but the level of security that's here is 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 is, is as good as it's going to get. And they're just deterrents. And, you know, the police, they don't really come so fast. So I have private security that will come within 10 minutes or less. So it's like, you know, you just cover those bases and you hope for the best. You know, you have a certain things. And, and you know, um, my wife is kind of taken to the part where she's like, hey, let's build a safe room. I'm like, all right, babe, you know, I want to live like I want to be a normal person, you know. Right. But um, it's in the back of my mind all the time, you know. And you'd be like, oh, this is the day this. And you get caught off guard and people are like, oh, you got caught slipping or whatever. You know, um, I try to put a better energy out there, even though I do talk a lot of shit. At the same time, if you can't decipher the sarcasm, it's not my problem, but if it comes out to be a violent thing or a robbery thing or anything else, 
I kind of have the confidence that I've dealt with these situations like this before and I'm, I'm comfortable dealing. I can't speak on anybody else. You're just asking me. This is a podcast with me. Yeah. Uh, so I'm telling you how I feel about it, you know, and I just feel like my energy and my karma has been pretty good lately. You know what I'm saying? There's people out there who don't give a fuck about karma. They're just desperate and they want to go out there and break into your shit or rob you. And it's like, all right, well, again, for those people, you know, but they'll get theirs. Yeah, watch the, their back. You know, but, it, it, but it's not worth it. When I think about certain people, like, oh, man, yeah, this dude bought this house. Oh, I got $45,000. I'm like, I know it's a lot for some people and certain things, but like, it's, it's like, man, like. Fuck that energy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I remember, you know, like, well, we'll get into that. I'm, I mean, you know, I just, I just it, it ain't worth the jail time, dude. Sorry, man. Working with people, like, early on, especially, you know, you work with Dre so much and people like that, like, specifically Dr. Dre, who I watched his uh, documentary with Jimmy Iovine on HBO and just such an impressive person. Can you distill down one or two qualities that you observed in him that that was sort of uh, contributed to his greatness or the level of success that he's had? Um... This has nothing to do with him, but he had such an amazing backing, meaning he, we had the same attorney, me and him. Like, when you have a fucking amazing legal advisor, it, it means a lot to you if you don't have a good foundation or support system is, is, is more that... I don't want to use too many elementary words, and even though I went to college and graduated, I feel like my, my vocabulary is so fucking just so limited. And I'm not trying to sound like a fucking, some super eloquent person, but I want to make it simple for people to understand that, like, like, if you don't have a lot of education in certain things, it's so hard to find the trust in someone who's watching over hundreds of millions of dollars of yours and was able to actually let that grow. So Dre hasn't had to do shit. You don't see him doing fucking Instagram posts. It's rare and whatever things. One thing that he's been really good about is having an amazing team, legal business advisors, but more so than anything, he's so fucking brilliant with his creativity that he got to see all this stuff before they became remixes and reruns that I felt like he was able to use all of that and still push the bar before rappers really wanted to fuck with kind of rock or alternative type of things, he knew how to do it and how to introduce it the right way. One thing I noticed about Dre, right? When you heard Snoop for the first time ever, how old are you? I'm 31. Okay, so in 94, how old were you? Eight. Okay, well, but I mean, yeah, you yeah. get it later. So like when Doggy Style dropped, right? Of course. You know, he was on deep cover and that was like, you know, Dre, Dre, Snoop's first like debut. But when his album came out, Dre was so smart at bringing people out that like you immediately hear what's my motherfucking name? Snoop Doggy Dog. What? Snoop Dogg. And you're like, okay, I don't even like this song. Like, okay, it has the, the George Clinton Atomic Dog beat, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, he don't give a fuck. He made a really, you know, like just catchy something, not like super like edgy or anything, right? The gangster shit. That came later, right? He was introducing, like, Lo, get this fucking name embedded in your head so you can't fucking understand. Then the rest was history, right? We sign Eminem. What's the first song? And then it comes out. Hi, my name is what? My name is who? My name is Slim Shady. Hi. And it was like, oh my God, it's the same thing all over again. 
he introduces the artist by getting people to understand their name first. And it was just like, he was just really genius with all that marketing stuff, right? People are like, a white dude? No, there's no way, you know, blah, blah. No one else took that chance like that. Do you know what I mean? And then other people have done it, but not like on his level. Another thing too is, it may not be to other people, but if you really have a good eye for talent and you really know, some people know, some people don't. Oh, he was gonna be a star all along. No, really, like the, especially the mega stars. I met Drake in the Apple store 10 years ago, dude, okay? Drake says, like, yo, this is one of the illest full circles in hip-hop. You know, I met him at the Apple store trying to buy an iPod. He couldn't barely afford it. Where? Which Apple store? Beverly Center, right wow. next to my store. So we have this, like, funny 10-year reunion thing, like, we talk about. Was he Aubrey then or, or he Drake? Was Drake. Okay. He was Drake, right? And, um, you know, he hadn't dropped So Far Gone yet. You know, he had comeback season, but, like, you know, he was, he was known, but, like, you know, this is MySpace days. And, um... I just believed in him. So, you know, I put money, you know, I put money on Pac, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I got him cars, you know? I drove him around town in my cars, you know? I took care of him. I introduced him to the girls, and I he needed to, but I'm saying, like, I took care of him. Thousands and thousands of dollars when we do his, his hotel room, whatever. I, I showed a lot of love to Drake because I just felt like yeah, I liked his dude. He was dope. He was really special to me. Yeah. One of the rarest. Made an investment. Dude, a year and a half ago. Five sold out shows at fucking Staples Center in the Forum and blah, blah, back to back to back to back to back. He brings out Dre, brings out Ice Cube. Most insane show, crazy. I've seen his show like flourish and develop and blossom and season to a whole different level of shit. I'm about to walk to backstage and he stops me in front of everyone. This is my city. This is my town. This is my hood, bro. And he says, yo, man, I need everyone in here to, to acknowledge the fact that if you don't know who Ben Baller is, I need you to know who Ben Baller is now. And he's like, this motherfucker took me around the city, man. 07, 08, blah, blah, drove me around the city. You know, just took care of me, blah, blah. He just basically did about three minutes. You know how long three minutes is? That's a song, right? Three minutes dedicating how much he appreciated my friendship and him. And you and were on stage? I was on the fucking, he's on a riser. And I had to go like this. Yeah. He came down and there's a picture. Someone caught it, thank God. And, um... I wasn't expecting it. At the Staples Center? Yeah, and I'm talking oh like people, my God. haters, people that don't like me, people who like me. They're like, test me like, yo, like big people too, like like some major people. Like I know some Instagram models and like Instagram YouTube makeup people who have five, six million followers. They're like, yo, that was pretty fucking big. And I'm like, I think people think that I lie about shit and they just don't get my life is pretty crazy. You know, like I exaggerate a lot. I, I get that. But like my cousin, for instance, my business partner, He's like, you know, some of the shit that you say is just so fucking out of this world, but it's, it's true. You know, like, and I tell people, I'm like, yo, listen, if I told you that a UFO was up in the sky and then it came down and six aliens came out and I got a fight with them, what happened was the UFO really was in the sky and one dude came out and I fought him. Just the fact that one UFO and one alien came out and I fought him for real, that, that, that's the most outlandish, ridiculous, never going to believe shit in the world. So when people hear me say all these crazy stories and I'm at a table in Arsenio Hall's here who was one of the biggest fucking talk show hosts ever and interviewed every single major celebrity there is you could think of and every legend and he's saying, Ben, don't you think it's weird that there's a reason why there's 15 celebs in this room right now, all legends, and they're listening to you? You're not listening to us, right? And I was like, yeah, no, I guess so. You know, and they're like, they're like, Arsenio got it. And he's like, I want to know, you're saying all this shit here, but I have just such a big feeling that you hadn't even told us anything yet. And I'm like, 
imagine all the shit I don't tell stories about because I can't because people's lives can end and you know it's just bad for other people's livelihoods and certain things it's just crazy out of this information and one thing I say is all these years of hustling and all these years of paying dues and you know these Dr. Dre stories from 1996 97 and whatever 95 even 94 you know whatever a lot of my blessings are just paying off now from things I did 20 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah. Like it took that long. You know what I mean? And people are like, I get no, fucked. I want the Ferrari now. And I did too. I wanted to be the young dude and whatever. Stitch Fix. Come on, y'all. Let's get Stitch Fix crazy. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that finds and delivers clothes, shoes, accessories to fit your body, budget, and lifestyle. What more could you ask for? Just go to stitchfix.com slash curious and tell them your sizes, what styles you like, and how much you want to spend on each item. You'll be paired with your very own personal stylist. Maybe their name will be Domingo. I don't know. But they will pick five items items handpicked and they will send them right to your door then you try them on you pay only for what you love and return the rest shipping exchanges and returns are always free because let's be honest you're busy what are you what are you what are you gonna go to the mall you know look for parking huh uh, that's frustrating in and of itself and then you're gonna go and like browse and try things on no thanks how about a personal stylist thanks to stitch fix there's no subscription required you can sign up to receive scheduled shipments or get your fix whenever you want so get started now at stitchfix.com curious you'll get an extra 25 percent off when you keep all five items in your box that's stitchfix.com curious to get started today stitch fix.com slash curious i see that in you and i think that's so uh you know being introduced to you early on and then hearing you on Rappaport's podcast and now you know getting to know you more it it sounds to me like such an investment and in that your life like you talk about being the forest gump of of hip-hop <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how you've gone in all these different directions and i think that is sort of the um the fatal flaw of a lot of young people right is they just see you here in your mid-40s doing incredibly well you own your own place you've got so many different businesses the cars the jewelry the life and they're like no no i just want to be there you're like great go throw in 25 years of fucking hard work and i'll yeah. see you then they're like nah nah i I yeah. want it right now, no, but they it doesn't want the, work they, that They way. want what I call the microwave era. They want the microwave. They don't want anything cooked in the pot slow. They don't want this. They don't want the fucking, they don't want the stew to like be that slow braised and boiled. Crock know pot success. Yeah, no, 10 no. hours. So they want the microwave music. They want the microwave era food. They want microwave everything. And it's, um, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, I'm not much of a mentor. I, I have my kids to mentor as it is. And, and I just have so many other things to do. You know, um, but one thing I get from this whole general podcast, which is, which is dope, is that as much as a dick as I can be and as, as crass as I can be and as, as, as brash as I can be, I think when it comes down to how I need to be a charming person or, you know, well-versed when I need to be, you know, winning jeweler of the year amongst people who wear suits and I come in with streetwear on, you know, and certain things and like being, um, I mean, I'm a bald-headed Asian guy with tattoos, you know, no matter where I go, I'm going to stick out, whether it be white people or anything else, even amongst Asians, you know, it's like... Do you find that amongst people in of your own culture that you get some bad looks at times or some judgment? Yeah, here and there, you know, but, you know, but 
a lot of people do acknowledge the fact that I opened some major doors for people in hip hop. You know, I was in hip hop early, you know, like I, they might not even know that I opened the doors for them. They were kind of like, it's like, all right, boom. So like, I don't think we can get into it today, but like, like the crazy rich Asian things. And I'm just like, crazy, crazy rich Asians. I'm like, yo, man, like, uh, yeah. How do you feel about that? I can't even give it a cosign or a blessing or anything because it's just not the narrative. It's like, but there's so many different aspects. They, they chose that one. It's just like, and I'm not mad about it. It's just like, like, you know, it was positive, but it was very, also very exaggerated and corny and cheesy. And Generalized. It's so small, whether it tied in in New York or wherever it was. No offense to you, but a white dude wrote the screenplay and it's kind of like, yo, man, there's like, it's just not my thing. Be like, oh, well, don't ruin our moment. And my sister's very against me on this. Other people, it's like, cool, now, you know what? Why the fuck should my opinion matter? Do you know what I mean? I was never invited to the fucking number. Like, they have these Asian awards, right? The most influential Asians, this, blah, blah, blah. What I've seen Wikipedia, oh, the most famous Koreans and blah, blah, whatever. And I'm like, listen, man, if it sounds like I got a chip on my shoulder, okay, cool, I accept that. <laughs> You've never invited me to not one fucking thing, Okay. Let's put some resumes together because I've never been the statistic dude because I was the guy that got the 78% on the test, but ended up being more successful in life. If that makes any sense to you. Yeah, of course. Okay. Now you get the statistics. You want statistics? All right. Here's my accolades. Here they are. Let me see your top 10 in that Asian list. Their accolades. Can't fuck with me, bro. Can't. Now, if they were fucking, you know, behind the scenes and entrepreneurship and blah, 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 whatever. And Alibaba. Cool. I'm talking about name somebody who broke more barriers than me. Name an Asian that played football and basketball in college and dealt with whatever racial slurs he had to deal with. Name someone in hip hop that did this, this, and this. And it's like, you can't. And I'm not saying I sound bitter or anything else. I'm just no, saying, man, there's other things going on. And, you know, people are like, oh, every time you say something, it's negative. No, anytime you pay attention, it's negative. Because a lot of the positive shit that I'm saying, but you don't say anything. You know what I mean? Like I said, they'd be like, wow. That girl's walk was so amazing, man. It was crazy, man. She had such a great curve to her. She had so much attitude. Wow, you know what's crazy? But that fucking purse she had on was terrible. Immediately, every good thing I've said was thrown out the window and just immediately you go focus on the purse. Yeah, people are reactionary and they want to catch you, yeah. especially successful people. Um, do you feel as though... I'm interested in... I don't want to keep you all day, so... I'll, I'm sorry. I'll, yeah, I'll, no, I just... I just but go on. No, I'll only ask you two more questions, but... Um, what what attracted you to get into the weed business? Let me start this off first off. I've been smoking weed since 1985, 86, okay? I took about a three or four year lab absence from it because I had a little drug problem. And every time I smoked weed, it would trigger it. What's a little drug problem look I had a like? mild overdose doing cocaine, man. So I never talked about that either before. This oh, was like, Yeah, like mid-90s and it, it fucking... Like it, you thought you were having a heart attack? Oh, no. I, my, my heart rate was going 300 beats per minute. Jesus. And I had to call the ambulance and say I was doing weed because if they would have found out I was doing coke, thank God they didn't run a blood test on me. I mean, they didn't run a drug test on me, like a toxicology thing. They took my word for it that I was weed. I had no choice but to go cold turkey because it scared the shit out of me. And I was like, yo, I can't operate my business and do what I need to do. I got bigger things to do. And so I never touched it ever again after that. Going on, there are these Nazis in the weed business, in every business. And they're like, hashtag profit over patients and blah, 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 whatever. I'm like, listen, dude, I understand that cancer patients smoke a lot of weed. And I'll be honest with you. 
have you ever thought to research how many cancer patients smoke weed, how many regular civilians smoke weed? Okay. I do a lot of good that I never promoted ever, donated multi, multi-millions to inner city schools in Washington State, through my nonprofit. It was just something that was cool to do. Never promoted it. Might have posted it once, but that was a six-year thing I did. Going on, these people are like, you're just in it for the profits. You're not in it to help patients and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, listen, man. I'm here to have people get high, be happy, and be cool. I'm just excited. It's recreational, meaning it's like, a, it's like an alcohol. It's 21 and over. Boom, here it is. And I felt like I wanted to venture in a different business to obviously make some money, to do something to help my kids and their trust and their future. And I said, there's no luxury brand out there that's making a luxury product. Weed's not looked at as luxurious, but you got dudes who are on the street that are broke, and then you got billionaires who smoke weed. Elon Musk smoked weed, you know? And I said, I want to make something that ties into my joy business and make it look luxurious, make it look dope. And that's why I started. You know, I had some buddies who were like, kind of like, I guess like protégés. They kind of like looked up to me, you know what I mean? They're like, oh man, Ben's our, that's like, that's like a mentor right there. And they're Asians, and they're murdering the game. Like, murdering the game. Like, when they were looking up to me, these dudes might have been like three series BMWs and renting apartments and who knows. These dudes own fucking multiple properties, 69, 70 properties, you know, net for, you know, net worth, cash, liquid, 100 plus million each. Like these dudes are mur- killing it. All from weed. Level. Yes. And um, they brought me in and like, hey man, um, why don't you try to promote this thing? And for some reason on certain things that I promote on my Instagram or whatever, they just either, they do well, they do definitely a growth or they just go out of control that was one of them that was my demographic you know boom it went crazy and yours is vaporizer pens a specific type of high-end it, it, it's it's yeah it's 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 cannabis vape pens um we do like ones that are like jewel pods now you know and and uh, i sound like such a square now yours are vaporizer pens yeah, no, they're, 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 yeah, they're vape pens but like um I, we mess with flour a little bit too i do pre-rolls or okay. pre-rolls with like keef and everything and you know i mess around i'm not going to get full blown into flour and everything else I, I i got my market we were doing really well um in just about two years of being in the business one year being actual live in business one year you know working on things whatever i've um made more money in that than I have in 13 years of being a jeweler. Jesus. Yeah. That ain't crazy. bad. No, it's not. Did you get any weird looks when you entered the biz, like from yeah, family or friends? Yeah, like whatever. And then there's like the OGs again that have co-signed me. And now these OGs are older. And if you know, these kids have no respect for anybody anymore. They don't give a fuck. They're just like, they're just, man, kids just want to talk shit about anybody. You know what I mean? They want to try to take, it just, I remember being young and be like, oh man, dude's an old dude, but I respected them. Now they just don't respect anybody, you know? These, yeah, it's these, fucking uh, bullshit. Yeah, it's just crazy. And it's also the Twitter sort of, it, it gave everyone a voice for better or for worse. Yeah. And they're definitely for worse. Um, I So my last question, and this is something that I ask at the end of every podcast. Uh-huh. What are your three or five or two, whatever, like them baller commandments? Like things that you would instill on your kids or the world the some simple truths that are the most important to you that you would want to share with someone i love the yeezy flip-flops oh, yeah, as man, well so by the way. damn yo they're gorgeous so comfortable let me think um one of the first things is this Never spend more than 25% of one check 
or one payment that you get. You get paid a thousand, you get paid anything. Never spend more than 25%. I'm a very, I don't give a fuck how broke you are or anything else. If you're paying up and catching up, try to catch up in a different, like, like you know, you can make payments or certain things, extend those, whatever, unless you can and you know, because you never know when your next check is going to come. But when I say that, I'm saying like, let's say you're, 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 let's say you're at ground zero. You're not negative or anything else, you know, whatever. And you, you, you get a check, right? No matter what you want to do, don't spend more than 25% of that check. And that 75%, you don't even know where the fuck it went. It's, it doesn't exist anymore. It, it's up in the clouds, waiting for you for a time you really need it. And I know some people are like, what if you're... That's not for you then. Get to a level to where you're at least at a neutral level. You're not balling. You're, you could say you're broke, but you're not in debt to like beyond belief. Never spend more than 25% of that and you'd be surprised how fucking unbelievable that is because you have that other fucking, you know, that other money sitting around. Um, never go to sleep mad. I know that sounds crazy, right? Better to get no sleep than go to sleep mad because you wake up fucked up, man. It's crazy. I noticed that, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. Um, this may sound really silly too. Um, how do I say this, man? It's, it's, I don't know if it's a Ben Ball or Kababit, but a white lie is still a lie. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? It's, it's still a lie, do you know? And, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, a lot of, one of the biggest excuses, hey, we're human, we're all human. Okay, with that said, though, if you see a mistake that you've made, I try to immediately correct it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's harder to correct later, even if you can't think. But if you know you made a mistake, so be like, oh, let's wait for a cool off. Well, if you can, try to correct the problem there if it's not directly with the person, whatever it may be. I try to do that, do you know? And I know these aren't like, Per se, oh, these are perfect. Regular commandments, you know, because people also I find withhold truth, so they rationalize by being like, "Well, I just didn't mention it, or I didn't bring it up, or yes, there was this other side of it that the person needed that information, but I just chose to leave that part out." Right. I'm like, "That's a lie. That's you being slightly um, massaging the truth." So, right. no, I think that's. I think that's incredibly true. And also cleaning up your side of the street as quickly as possible. Because I know for me, there have been things in my life, small little um, confrontations that I've just slept on for years. And now I feel like they're monsters in the closet. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't approach that. That's, that's yeah. three years of, of, of uh, <laughs> reticence. I've been pushing that off for three years. I can't do it now. Uh, but had I handled it in the moment and just been like, my bad, I could have handled that better. I'm so sorry. I'd never, it gets me because now I have to live with it and think about it when I'm like at the Carl's Jr. drive through just trying to have a <laughs> bacon Western cheeseburger in peace. Fuck, there was something that I had it in the back of my mind and I was going to say it when I was finishing the last one. It was what I wanted to finish it off with because this is like the final thing. Oh, I fucked you up. Now. Fuck. I interrupted. You'll get it. It'll come to you. Yeah, no, I'm thinking right now. I'm just thinking like, okay, so, so. Um, In the interim, if you want to give us a quick. Did you really make a piece of jewelry for the Obamas? You don't have to talk about it. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, it wasn't for them. How do you say that? It was, okay. Um, 
Um, fuck, man. It was, <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. You'll get it. It was, um, okay, hold on. There's no lesson. You made jewelry for Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, no, it's kind of, You're like, stop distracting me, motherfucker. Fuck, man. <laughs> it was it was something crazy. It's, it's, it's God, it was it was such an important thing that I live by. Like I kind of feel like, um Damn, that really sucks, man. I'm really trying to think about this right now, especially because it's a uh, it like it kind of like represented like like my whole thing with life. Um Maybe about being the forest scum, taking opportunities. No, no, no. it was way. like Shit. <laughs> what was it, dude? Give me one second. Oh, please take your time. It was uh, no problem. Fuck. So you really met Michael Jackson at a Brentwood coffee shop? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's. Uh, I wonder if it's still there, but it's like there's there's like the little like when you're Vicente and um and and uh and Sunset and there's, like, there's a mobile the Chevron station right there. The Bellwood Country Mart or the Bellwood Bakery. It might be Bellwood Bakery. Get the fuck out of here. I go there all the time. Yeah. They have the like, best when you sandwiches. Walk up, it's like a window, right? You 100%. Kind of percent. Yeah, and there's a Vietnamese dude. He could even verify. Be like, hey, boom. Yeah. I know that guy. Yeah. That Vietnamese dude who works back there. He no tell way. You, like, hey, you remember Ben Baller coming through here? It's like, yo, you know who that is? Boom. Like literally right on the other side of the yeah. Chevron. It's like, like, yeah, right there. It's like a little thing. And there's like maybe two tables, like circular tables. And they got like bakery stuff. Yeah, in bakery the case. stuff and everything. Dude, hold on, man. This is fucking pissing me the fuck off. It's like one of my most fucking. Didn't. Did Michael Jackson order coffee? Do you remember his order? I think Tomei did. did. Uh, uh, Tomei, Tomei did his, his man. His man. Did, did Michael have like a scone or no. a blueberry mama? No. <laughs> Fuck, man. Only thing I could say about Michael is that he cussed a lot, which was dope. I cussed all the time, so it was kind of dope to see him cuss. That's unbelievable. Michael's, cuss, yeah, because yeah, you wouldn't expect that. Yeah. And he's tall. Right, people don't expect. I mean, like taller, six feet, just, six one. I think he's just—he's our height. I just think it's because so, he's so slim, lean. Yeah, he looked and, and he, had, he had good posture too. So I think that you know, you know, if I had better posture, I don't know, but I'd probably be an inch fucking taller. Same um, here. It's coming, man. I'm loving all this in the middle that we're getting from this uh, this little memory lapse. Shit, hold on, dude. That's so crazy that Michael Michael Jackson cursed. Driving me crazy because I'm thinking it's like right on the tip of my fucking tongue. Uh, you know, dude, it's gonna drive me crazy. That's all right. If, if text it to me, and because yeah. I do an intro and an outro for the interviews, right. and I'll, I mean, I don't want to say your words, but if you'll bless me with with the last oh, commandment, I can, I can do like a vo- voice note and send it to you. Right? I'll play it. All I'll play right. it on the microphone. Right. Let me just. I just gotta think about it. I'm sorry, man. No, not it's even. Driving me nuts. Yo, this this has been amazing. Thank oh, you thank so, you so much, much for being I'm, I'm so, so cool. I'm so glad because it's been nothing. It's been such a different uh, type of show that I'm used to. That's what's up. Respect, man. Yes, for sure, bro. Thank Appreciate you. it, man. That was it. That was Ben Baller. Oh, wait. Hold up. So we finished this interview, and of course, a couple hours later, Ben Baller keeps his word, sends me a voice note telling me, motherfucker, you better put this in. Because I, this is important, and I couldn't remember, and I promised you, you would get a voice note. So, here it is. I know you've been wanting it. The final Ben Baller commandment. Yo, Josh, I figured out what I was going to say to you, man. And uh, so, check it out, man. The final Ben Baller commandment is make it a great day. No matter how fucked up your day started or whatever is going on, man, you have the power to make it a great day. You know what I'm saying? And every day is a special day. 
Don't ever save it for later. Don't save your best clothes, your best shoes for a special day. Man, wear your best shit on a Tuesday to the liquor store or to the grocery store or to the car wash or whatever it may be. Stay fresh. Every day is a special day. And just that's what it is. That was it. Full circle. We came, we saw, we conquered. Ben, thank you for doing the pod. Guys, thank you for listening. This was quite the experience. All right, y'all. Love you. Miss you. Think about you. Talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your week. Email me at peckagent at gmail.com if you want to talk. Maybe email me something interesting and I'll fucking talk about it on the next pod. Maybe. But it better be interesting. Otherwise... Spam folder. That's where it's going. I'm just kidding. Love you guys. Bye.